doesn't say Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that wants to buy Randy Bullock burgers for the rest of his life. <laughs> yes, we've reached the halfway point of the season with the Bengals somehow, I have no idea, sitting with a winning, what is it, 5-3 and three record? 5-3. And, and going into the bye, bye week, a little bit beaten, a little bit battered, but still standing just about. And it's, it's pretty amazing, really, when you think about it. Um, and as you may have guessed... I am no longer here in the sewing room on my own. He is back, back from his prolonged stint in LA and ready and firing to go. He is, he's writing stuff down. He's, he's taking this seriously. He's returned <laughs> back. He is the Swiss to my roll, the Cabernet to my Sauvignon, the curry to my sauce, the hallow to my ween. And the oi oi to my Savaloy, it's Nathan Palmer, everybody. How you doing, guys? It is so good to be back. Um, although I've got to start with some bad news in that it's Halloween, like Paul just mentioned, yeah. and I've come back. I've been away for a month. Yeah. The sewing room's completely changed. Yeah. He's got, I he's did. moved all the chairs around. He's done everything else. <laughs> he's put some funny microphone thing in front of me, which I've never this seen before. This is a before. professional or a pop shield. A pop shield, he's calling it, saying it'll catch That might my sound rude. That could be something else completely, actually. <laughs> um, I'm not drinking tonight because I've, I've been on the sauce so much in the last month that I'm taking it off for a few days. And it all just feels a bit bizarre, you know? It's like a bit, a bit spooky tonight, you know what I mean? What's going on? Well, I think I think you not drinking is probably the most surprising thing. Yeah, out of all this. Like, Obviously, yes. I've seen the sewing room evolve over the past month, <laughs> so this is not a surprise to me. The pop shields are something I've been meaning to get, so I thought I'd surprise you, man. This is a professional organisation. Really, uh, rolled out all the works for me tonight. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Oh, that, um, I'm not even a wine drinker, but that bottle of red on the table is looking more and more appealing I tell as you, it goes it's on. Absolute quality. I'm oh, not I drinking can't stand red though. Can you not? Oh, I'll be making faces all night every sip I take of it. I what, do you, it. what do you mean making faces? Like, not like, bad, you know, not good like, faces. No, no, you know when you've like you drink something, <laughs> I'll be like, something that's a bit strong, and you'll be like, poor oh, bloody hell. Yeah, I yes, I do. Um, but that's obviously not deterring me tonight, is it? No, so, no, yeah. um, welcome to Cincinnati. It's episode twenty-seven. We passed the quarter-century milestone <sighs> while you're away, Nathan. Um, Simon Hunter was absolutely fantastic in your absence. <laughs> Do you know what? I uh, couldn't, I can't bring myself to listen to the episodes because it's, like, it like it's like your ex missus yeah, yeah, sleeping yeah. with someone else. Like you can't have it. I can't listen to it. Uh, well, I'm sure he did a good Simon job. Simon did a, a fantastic top, a job. Note. And also, Jamie was on, and uh, who else was on? Um, Tim Knowles was yeah, on, he was excellent. Well, he? And uh, Peter Dadders, Dadswell was on, he was excellent. And good old Tobbers came on as well, Rebecca Toback from SB Nation Stroke Cincinnati. And Quite an act so, to sorry, follow for me Jungle. there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, but she was exactly what the doctor ordered because it was after that Kansas City game. God, mate, that was dreadful, wasn't it? And she absolutely tore strips off the whole yeah. team and Marvin. And I think that's deservedly what, so. Absolutely, and I think that's what that's the kind of mood that everyone was in. So that Tobbers was actually absolutely Tobbers. Tobbers. Does she know this is her name? She doesn't. She does. <laughs> I don't know when she listens to this podcast, but but no, she was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and yeah. We we're going to have her on again for sure. Good um, stuff. Now we do have a, a special guest uh, coming up in a, in about quarter of an hour's time, and that's uh, Bengal.com's uh, Bengal Radios, I should say, Dan Horde. Uh, he of Adriel Jeremiah, Adriel Green. Jeremiah Green. He's coming on the show, and we can't wait for that. Um, and Nathan, I just you know casually wanted to drop in that you know since you 
been been away, you know. Um, I know that you've had a busy time. You got married. Got but married. A few things, other things going on. Um, Cincinnati has been smashing up listening records <laughs> left, right, and centre. You know, it's it's been breaking records, mate. <laughs> It's like up to 380 or one of them, wasn't it? Nearly the 400 mark. Yeah, we're aiming for 1,000 by the end of the season, I think. Well, I reckon this one, I'm hoping now I'm back. We've just come off a really good win. Yeah. Absolutely. It's coming into the bye week. People want a slice of it, but, you know, a bit of slice of the action. So I'm hoping we can, you know, sneak up. We've just had a Bengals fan meet up. That's always going to get, you know, the ears on the pod. Well, let's talk about that real quick because, um, as regular listeners will know, I've been caning this on a regular basis. Um, we did have a meet-up on Sunday. It was at the uh, brew house and kitchen in North London. And um, I don't know about you, but it, I thought it was fantastic. Oh, the venue is absolutely... First of all, the venue is top class. Yeah. I mean, you know, private bar upstairs, the sound quality coming out of those speakers, unbelievable. Yeah, we had it. We were projected on a big screen. Massive projector. I mean, the beer was good. Um, genuinely brilliant. I mean, if I think a hundred percent, I was saying to you and a few of the lads there, if they make the playoffs, that could potentially be for the London side. Well, of things. watch it could this be, space. Let's not get well, ahead yeah, of ourselves. No, but I don't yes, want to I agree. Like, yeah. I agree. We should absolutely because fantastic place it was. And you know what? Thanks so much. I mean, we had people. It just still staggers me because when you put on a party, whether it be a birthday party or whatever, mm. uh, you're. The day of that party, I, I guarantee anybody out there is absolutely terrified. That no Speak one's for gonna... yourself, son. Are you talking from bad experiences? No, no, no. I can at all. see you like, stood not there in your house waiting for people no, to I turn mean, up. I'm, I'm also in a, I also sing in a band, and um, <laughs> every time we put on a gig ourselves, yeah, no, it's terrifying. Yeah, like, is anybody mean. actually going to turn up? Thankfully, people always do, but it's the same sort of anxiety, you know. Yeah, no, and I, I got mean, that yeah. on the Sunday morning. Loads of people had texted in saying, "Sorry, can't make it," and you're like, "Oh." For sake <laughs> and uh no i'm kidding obviously i just did that to make nathan laugh but you know people can't make it for yeah. a variety of reasons no, but no. you know so i just want to give a shout out to scott his partner and cray who came down not only with a, a Bengals scotland flag that's they came, quality they came down from scotland that's so and then they you went know, back that night the geese didn't get back till six seven in the morning like I that mean, is outrageous commitment that is that, is, that just absolutely outrageous. daggers me and um and then, of course, you've got like Jamie and Matt who came down from Manchester. You've got uh, our, our, our old friend Phil from Liverpool. Yeah, great. He came down. These guys travel for miles. Yeah, to get, spent a lot of money as well. Spent a lot of money. And, uh, you know, I, I, that still staggers me. But, you know, there are plenty of new people that we met in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We met an American couple from Ohio yeah. who just happened to see our ad. And I think it's Megan who was, who, Megan and Alan. Uh, shout out to those guys who came along and they they just like this is like home from home we found a home from home it's yeah, brilliant yeah, yeah. so we had a fantastic time obviously it was uh it was it was kind of enhanced by the fact that we actually won that game God, barely no where <laughs> at one stage we looked as though we were going to kind of get absolutely blown away by the fitster it was crazy <laughs> it was magic fits magic he was going to extremely arm us or whatever the harry potter thing oh, is mate. um so, yeah, let's talk about that. So, you know, thanks, everyone, to come and to uh, meet up. We've got something else to say a bit later on about meetups. But Tampa Bay, that was insane, wasn't it? We, we glided, it seemed, to like a... I mean, it was one of those games. It reminded me of the first meetup we had for the Browns game a few years ago where the game large and parcel was completely in the books by the third quarter. And, I mean, at a certain point when we were up by, like, you know, mid-20s, you know, I'm sat there thinking to myself, well, this is done, you're having a beer, you're chatting to people, you're watching the game, but you're not 
like normally every play I'm like intent on it, get him down, get this, do that. And I was very much relaxed. I'd switched off. And then all mm. of a sudden, just seemingly out of nowhere, they just rallied. I think they were 18 points down. And I think, I mean, it's shocking from our defence to let them back into that. Well, they, really they were doing to us what um, we did to the Dolphins, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. That's you know, a good, we that's we, a good we were kind of like, you know, in charge of that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I don't know what happened. It was just the moment. I mean, I, I was, I was uh, folding raffle tickets to most of that second half, <laughs> and uh, I kept looking up, thinking, "Hold on a minute, they've still got the ball." Yeah, I know. Why have we got the ball? And it turns out, you know, they punted pretty much every possession. Three yeah, and out, yeah, three yeah. and out. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't great, was it? I mean, I mean, yes, we won, and that should be always yeah. be remembered. We managed to Absolutely. eke it out at the end. But and- oh, we have shown that resilience this season. I think that shouldn't go under the radar. I mean, I think it, I think everyone. I've seen some articles about it on Cincy Jungle and people tweeting about it. It's a very odd feeling going into the bye because there's some people on one side of the coin saying, well, you know, everyone here would have taken five and three going into yeah, the bye, which yeah. is completely true. You know, if you'd said at the start of the season five and three, everyone would have been like, get me on board. There's some high games in there you know I'll take it but it's the manner in which we've done it over the last three weeks we've lost two really heart like heartbreaking losses one heartbreaking one just horrendous and then really scraped a game that we should have been far easier in and had a big injury with um, Lawson going down so it's a very difficult yeah, bad news it? yeah it's a very difficult place to sort of evaluate but we are five and three you can't take that away from us and you know we've got to move forward but for me, the big problem in these past three weeks has been personified every single week is the defence. Oh, 100%. And it, do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me a bit of Chuck Bresnahan's defence back in the day. Like, right, that's so back, back in the mid-noughties, yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're literally going back over 10 years. But his his defence was very, very similar. In that It'd be very aggressive. They'd give up huge swathes of yards, but they would get a lot of turnovers. And I think that's the way that almost Terrell Austin's defence, like it was in Detroit... You know, they give up all these yards, all these points, but they will generate turnovers. They will generate scores. I mean, that's the third defensive touchdown, I believe, this year. Four interceptions is fantastic, but you're still giving up, you know, 30 plus points at home. So it's a very difficult situation, you know, when, you, when you're involved in that as to how we can turn that around. Because yeah. you, you love the takeaways, but you can't sustain that if you're going to be a playoff team, you're going to be a Super Bowl team. I don't mind this whole bend it, um, break kind of... Sorry, bend. What is it? Bend and don't break. Bend and don't break. Uh, I was going to say bend it like Beckham there, but bend <laughs> it, no, don't break mentality. Because we've kind of almost had that with with um, with Zim and Paulie yeah. G. But this, oh my goodness! And we started off like that, you know, bending and not breaking, yes, yes. bending it. But I think we, you know, we've been bending and they completely <laughs> busted it. There's, I mean, let, shit, I was gonna, I was gonna um, save this for a bit later, but I saw. Uh, uh, again, Paul Dana Jr. Uh, wrote a fantastic article about Terrell Austin in Detroit, and he had something similar going on. Yeah, yeah. In, well, I can't remember what it was a couple of years ago, and he managed to turn it around after the bye week. So the hope is that he's going to, because we're going to give our sort of half season grades out after we've spoken to Dan in a little yeah. while. Um, and um, but Paul, Paul mentioned this stat right. The 3,582 yards allowed by the Bengals through the first eight games are the second most allowed through the first half of a season by any team in the Super Bowl era. 
Oh, wow. That's, that's astonishing, that that's is. That's a pace of 7,164 yards allowed on the year, which, theor- which would theoretically top the NFL record by 120 yards. We could be the worst defence, ever, yards-wise, in Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era in history, and it's like That's you know, I know staggering that is. what you I think I think yes that that is shocking and very sort of like oh my like pretty jaw dropping. But yeah. the one thing that I think you've got to counter that with, where are we in the scoring defense? How many points yeah, yeah, do yeah, we? Yeah. You know, because I—that's great for fantasy owners. Who's yeah. gonna who are you gonna pick? You're just gonna like if you're playing the Bengals, you just like choose all your receivers and running backs and no, whatever, I know, I know, I know. and quarterbacks. You know, you just play your entire offense against the Bengals every week. <laughs> but in terms of scoring, that's what really matters. And I think people maybe get—I mean, that they are shockingly bad yes, figures. Yes. No one likes to be historically bad at anything. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would kind of take that with a pinch of salt, and that pinch of salt being. The scoring defense stats, which I haven't stupidly, I haven't got to hand. So um, I don't think we're like super awful there. Well, I mean, it, they were saying, weren't they? I mean, I was looking at some of the, you know, the stats, and we were down there at the like 29th in terms of various figures put together. But what's the most disappointing, I think, with the Bengals' defense is the talent that's on it performing at that level because you're looking and Carlos Dunlap's been good this year I mean he is known as a pro bowl player Gino Atkins yeah. is an all pro I mean he's a real I one of the best tackles good. in the league I mean league. I think Carlos has been tremendous this yeah, year yeah but then you've got William Jackson who everyone coming into the season saying this guy's going to shut the league down he's going to be a pro bowler he still could be he's still played quite well Jesse Bates as a rookie is he's looking really terrific. good but terrific. then it's like well, how have we done this then is it schemes well, is it I line, think, I think, a, a linebacker I mean we know linebackers weak but is it that bad is it Drake Kirkpatrick yeah. who's been very disappointing has he been that well, bad? Again, I mean, you look at where is the fault here? Is it Austin? Well, I think I also think you've got to throw into that as as Tobbers said last week. It's it's the way the NFL is at the moment. Yeah, that that's a good point because it's like, just an absolute circus nuts. at the moment. Yeah, Do you know, I was true. thinking about that's it the other day, point. and it's almost like what. T- it's gone a bit T20 in yeah. in cricket terms. Do you know what That's I mean? Good, yeah, obviously honestly, completely yeah, yeah, different yeah. sports, yeah. but the approach is we're just going to hammer this out of the ground every single game. And they, I don't know what it is. They've just, it's like something is snapped there. And it's so true. Offenses have gone crazy because you see it now as well. These teams going for it on fourth down when they would have punted or they would have kicked a field goal or they would have done anything. I mean, even the Bengals, the first the first drive of that game. You know, we got to about the twenty-five yard line, fourth down a one, and we went for it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? We could have kicked an easy field goal there, taken a three-point lead. Which you know, looking at it, I now, mean, Marvin's got a lot of stick though. You know, for yeah, not no, going, he has, but especially then, in enemy territory. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's that situation, you got three points on the ball to start the game off. That you know could have been the difference maker at the end there, where you close them out. It seems a bit crazy. I think everything's you know, tra- spoiler alert. We're, we're recording this on trade deadline, and the Bengals have made no <laughs> trades. Uh, which I don't think has come as, no. as a surprise to anyone. Um, so it's interesting, isn't it? I don't know. I, it's I don't know. I don't know what to think about the, the defense. I think it's a bit of everything. I think the secondary looks still looks a little bit all at sea. On I mean, you look at how you know Mike Wallace is a good. Oh, sorry, not Mike Wallace. Who's who's the Mike Evans, a big part of yeah, the Tampa. Yeah. Quality receiver. Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, quality. quality. Yeah. You know, they both burned us. But they looked as though, like, there was a bit of hesitation, a bit of, like, I'm not quite sure what this yeah, zone is going yeah, on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's been all season. You know, they have been caught out on the deep ball. Yeah. 
um, all season. Now, yes, we've got a hell of a lot of injuries. You know, we'll come to that a bit later. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a bit of everything. The way the NFL is, a bit of Austin's scheme. I think perhaps some players have regressed a little bit. Mm. Uh, we haven't maybe recruited enough. I don't, I don't know. I think it's probably a bit of everything. I think, I mean, you know, we can talk about this after, um, you know, later in the show. But I think the, whole, uh, the issue with Vontez Burfik's interesting because he came back and everyone was saying, look, if we can get through these first four games, Burfik's the play caller on defence. Yeah. We have him back. It's going to tighten things up. It's not worked, has it? And in the, two games he wa- in the two games he was back, he was very, very below par. And, you know, he then goes out of an injury. And I think, you know, if there was a game this upcoming bye week, I think he'd miss that. And you start to think to yourself, God, with all these suspensions looming and injuries. all these injuries, it just starts to be like, you know, well, is it really paying its worth here? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to come so down. So am I. And I'm starting to come down on the fact that he isn't. I mean, a lot of people can say, you know, organ- even if he's not there fitness-wise, organisationally, yeah. he's going to be a much-needed help. I, I would argue that Preston Brown is doing that role now. Yeah, you know, it's tough. I mean, we can talk not- about it later, but I mean, for me, it's starting to look a little bit more south and north in terms of how it's going for him at the moment. Yeah, I know, I agree. And I just don't think, actually, he's he's as good a player as he, as he was. He would always get away with this stuff because he was a good player. Yeah. And I just think now that he's not as good as he used to be and that is difficult to it's probably mask. still conditioning as well. I mean, we get, give him a, a few bit. more games, but if he keeps going out and but coming then, back in then, and stopping you know, and starting, yeah. he's never going to get going. I mean, again, he might it? have like one game like he did against Denver last year that he took the game over. Who's to say it won't be against Denver this year, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It's yeah. like... And that's one game, though. Yeah. That is one game. And you're paying the geezer a lot of money as well. Well, exactly. Um, so I, I think with the defence, it seems to be a lot of different things all mixed. It's not one thing nor mm. t'other. You know, it's 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 much, pretty much everything. Um, I think we could talk about the defence for a while. I mean, I, we'll, we'll give our half, you know, season grades in a bit. But uh, it is time to bring in our special guest this week. And on the line... Direct from the bowels of Paul Brown Stadium. You might have seen him on Bengals.com from time to time, but really, you will definitely have heard him before. It's the Bengals, I mean, superb radio play-by-play commentator, Dan Horde. Dan, are you there? Paul, I am here. Welcome to Cincinnati. Thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, you know, we, we get used to seeing stuff on TV, but I've always argued, and this is why I love doing the podcast so much, that... Um, Radio is a very kind of much more intimate experience, I think. And you and Lap have a, um, you know, you you have a very, an amazing relationship uh, on the radio. We've had uh, Lap on the podcast before and he's an amazing guy. We all know that. But what's it like working with Lap um, week in, week out for you? It's the best. It's one of the joys of my professional life. One of the most famous sportscasters of all time, Kurt Gowdy, many, many years ago when talking about broadcasting partners, said, long season, small boots. So if you do not get along with your partner, it can be a grind. But Lap has become a dear friend. Uh, he is great to work with. Obviously, uh, there are very few people better at analyzing a football game than Dave Lapham. So it's a treat. Uh, I, I feel very fortunate to spend three or four hours every Sunday in his company. Um, and you, are, what, what gets me is that you work together so well, Dan. You know, is, is that just something that you work at and you, you kind of get that kind of chemistry over, get it over time? Or is it something 
that happened instantly? You know, did you know straight away that, listen, I'm going to be the straight guy. I'm calling the sh- I'm calling the plays and Dan's going to, uh, sorry, and, and Lap is going to provide this amazing colour and emotion. Mm-hmm. Although you do, you know, you're full of emotion, especially games like this season. And, you know, the whole Adriel Jeremiah Green thing, you know, <laughs> um, you seem to complement each other really, really well, I think. Well, I think in our case, it came almost instantaneously. I imagine it got a little bit better over time, but Dave's such a pro. He's worked with a lot of broadcasting partners, and honestly, so have I. So I think we understood the role that each guy plays in a football broadcast on the radio. The play-by-play guy describes the play, kind of dots the I's and crosses the T's and provides the basic details. And then the analyst has a blank canvas to talk about anything that he notices and Dave Lapham notices a lot. One of the things I appreciate about Dave is that when he is watching the play, he does not watch the ball. Right. My job is to watch the ball and describe what Andy Dalton does with it. Does he hand it off? Does he throw it to somebody, etc.? Lapp is watching the line play. He's watching the secondary. It's amazing the things that he picks up during the course of a single play. So uh, I do think it works out very well between us. And and what about the art of the play-by-play? You mentioned that. That's really interesting. The the what you both you're watching almost different things to you know to kind of suit your roles within that broadcast. Um, what are the golden rules for you that you've learned over the years for for sports commentary? What 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 are those rules that you live by every single game? Well, as a play-by-play announcer, I am trying to describe the what as carefully and as vividly as I can. What happens? Dave does the why and the how. Uh, So I think we each have to understand our role. And again, I give him a lot of credit for not watching the ball because I think that is the natural inclination for all of us. If you're watching a game in person or on TV, you watch the ball just like I watch the ball. It all begins with following the ball. So to have a partner who has the discipline not to watch the ball, to, to keep an eye on that, obviously, but more importantly, to watch line play and watch the defense to understand why a play is successful or why it isn't play, uh, why a play isn't successful, that's really the, the secret sauce for having a great analyst. Dan, Dan, over the years, um, you must have had some fantastic calls. You know, one of the ones in particular is the very famous Adriel Jeremiah Green call. Um, over your career, is there one that stands out as one that you particularly enjoyed or one of your favorite calls? Uh, you know what? It, it's about what you would expect. Uh, games that come down to thrilling finishes are the ones that broadcasters enjoy the most. So uh, pick out any Bengals game over the last seven and a half years since I've been working the games with Lap that came down to a great finish, and those are the ones that would be at the top of my list. I also broadcast the University of Cincinnati's football games. And they had a game back in 2009, final game of their regular season, when they had a perfect record. Uh, that game featured a, a tremendous comeback. They were down by 21 points in the second quarter. They eventually won the game on a touchdown pass with 33 seconds to go. So if I had to pick out any game that I've ever done, that one is the top of the list. But as far as the Bengals games go, shoot, uh, this season when – Andy Dalton hit A.J. Green with seven seconds to go to beat the Atlanta Falcons. That would be right up there. That's a great shout, a great shout. Um, moving on to the Bengals of 2018 and the season that we've seen so far, 
Um, looking at the, uh, the team across the board, are there any players in particular that have really stood out for you as being sort of the most impressive and that have really sort of exceeded your expectations? And also, are there any players you think that have quite disappointed you this year and that you think potentially, um, you know, might be underperforming? Well, the two guys that uh, have really jumped out, I would say, one on offense and one on defense would be Tyler Boyd and Jesse Bates. Yeah. Uh, we knew that Tyler Boyd was capable of good things. He had a great rookie year. He finished his second year strong, but he's been one of the top receivers in the NFL this year. He's on a pace for more than 80 catches and more than 1,200 yards. I don't think anybody expected that kind of production. I think maybe 800 yards would have been reasonable to expect. Uh, but he is just having a magnificent season. And Jesse Bates is further along than I think any of us anticipated. The website Pro Football Focus has him ranked as the fourth best safety in the NFL through the first half of the season, which is incredible. Uh, three interceptions already, the pick six last week, and he hasn't had a ton of mental mistakes for a rookie, which is unusual. So those would be the two guys that I would de- identify as maybe exceeding my expectations a little bit. In terms of guys that have been disappointing, uh, it's a limited sample size, but I'd have to say Vontez Perfect. We know how great he has been in the past, and obviously he missed the start of the season due to suspension, and now he's injured. But while he was out there, he didn't play as well as we're accustomed to seeing him play, and hopefully when he's healthy again and comes back, he gets back to being the Vontez Burfecht of old because the linebacker position in general has probably been the biggest reason why the defense has struggled so much. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think anybody will disagree with you on that, Dan. Um, I mean, you, you Lap, you, well, Lap's not here, obviously. So let's talk about you. You see this team week in, week out, up close and personal. You have like many, I mean, if you, if we were, you know, if you were going to ask any of us fans over here, you know, a dream job, I think it would be your job. So, you know, you are living the dream and you do a fantastic job. Um, are you and you see the team up close and personal every week? You you follow the team, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the players, you're in the locker room, you're in Marvin's press conferences. You're you're there. You are you are with the team a lot. Um, are you is this where you expected the team to be going into the bye week this season? Well, I don't know if I specifically expected a 5-3 and three record, but they are on about the pace that I would have anticipated this year. I thought that the Bengals only needed average to slightly above average offensive line play to be a playoff caliber team, and I think they are getting average to slightly above average offensive line play. Mm. Now, having said that, I thought the defense would be much, much better than it's been. And it's going to have to be better than it's been for the Bengals to uh, get to the playoffs and hopefully win a playoff game for the first time in ages. But in terms of their overall play, they are roughly on the schedule I would have anticipated. Okay, I think you're. I think yes. I I think that goes along with what we've been saying. I think you know we're good. Um, now I asked uh, I asked you to do us a little favor earlier on in the week, and and very. Uh, thankfully, and we're very grateful for the fact that you've actually done this. Nathan doesn't know what this is going to be, uh, but um, I've asked Dan to do an exclusive piece of commentary for Cincinnati. Um, so let's let's play what Dan has has helped us with here. Hold on a second. Fasten your seatbelts, Bengals fans. It all comes down to this: the Bengals bidding to go to the Super Bowl for the first time in 30 years here, of all places at Heinz Field, the home of their biggest rival, the dreaded, hated Pittsburgh Steelers. Remember, Andy Dalton, Tyler Eifert, 
and a host of starters out injured. And the Bengals have rookies all over the field. It seems impossible. Under center, the undrafted free agent quarterback from Essex, England, Nathan Palmer. No relation to Carson, and he's gone four of six on this drive. Now, what can he do? With only eight seconds left on the clock, the Bengals down 26-21. So they have to score a touchdown to become AFC champions. They come out of the huddle. And there's another undrafted free agent in the backfield from Leamington Spa, Paul Hirons, the only healthy running back left on the team. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. A.J. Green split to the left, Tyler Boyd out to the right, and Alex Erickson in the slot. Here we go. Fourth down and 10 from the Pittsburgh 24. Hirons goes in motion and lines up as a receiver. Here comes the shotgun snap. Palmer looking to throw. He escapes a hit. He's forced to scramble to the right. Under pressure. He throws. It's bobbled. It's juggled. It's caught. Touchdown, Bengals. The two Brits sink pits. And the Bengals are headed to the Super Bowl after beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that might be the best thing that I've ever heard. The best minute and a half of my life. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much for doing that. That was we I mean, needed that a little was... more. We needed a little more crowd noise, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that was fun. Uh, that was amazing. I mean, do you like listening to yourself back? I mean, it was that weird to obviously it is weird, but do you? you yeah. know, but is it weird to you listening back to yourself? Yes, that never goes away. That feeling you always have as a kid, the first time you hear a recording of your own voice, and you're like, is that really me? That feeling never goes away, but when you do this long enough, you do get used to it somewhat. Dan, genuinely, that was absolutely incredible, and thank you so much for that. I think I'm going to be um, taking that round and showing a few people <laughs> um, over the next couple of days. So thank you so much for that. Before we let you go... My pleasure. Um, one thing that we like to do on the pod is um, we enjoy having a quick beer and, you know, talking about different beers that are out there at the moment. Um, with all of our okay. guests, we've asked them some of their favorites and we've had some varied responses. Uh, most recently, Antti Munoz came on and he was plugging Modelo. <laughs> um, we now know why. We now know why that he's doing the advert <laughs> commercials with them. So that was a bit sneaky on his part. But for you yourself, are you a beer drinker? And if so, um, have you got any personal favorites? I am a beer drinker. I'm an IPA guy, which is not popular on your side of the pond. Oh, no, I love I an IPA. Oh, you do? Oh, I love them. But I, I completely agree. It's one of those beers that's sort of just making its way over here now and starting to become more popular. But it's su such a good beer. Yeah. Yeah, so I like bitter-tasting beers. So the, uh, the very hoppy IPAs are what I enjoy the most these days. I have a dear friend from Leicester City who despises IPAs. So maybe I was uh, generalizing and thinking my friends from uh, your part of the world don't like the bitter IPAs. But in any case, I do. A couple of favorites, the Melvin 2x4, which is made in Wyoming. It's just kind of spreading now uh, around the U.S. Recently became available in Cincinnati, so I was very happy uh, with that development. There's also one that comes out for a very limited time of the year uh, that came out last week called the hop juju Ooh. that is fantastic uh, i was able to uh get my hands on a little bit of that so i will enjoy it while it is available well we're going to note those down and the next time we're in the u.s we're going to try and get our hands on them um 
the last thing I'm going to leave you with is just give us a quick prediction. You know, we're sitting there five and three now, going into the bye week, eight games left. What is Dan Horde's prediction for the final um, outcome for the Bengals? What record are you saying? I think they're going to go 10 and six. And I think they are going to make the playoffs and open the playoffs in Pittsburgh. That's Ooh. the way it would and you be. Tweet, you tweeted that right now. You tweeted that it's out, torture. didn't you, today? Right? Yeah. It's torture. Yeah. Yeah. It's torture. That's the way the uh, that's the way the playoffs would look if the season ended right now. The Steelers would be the third seed. The Bengals would be the sixth seed. Maybe it'll be flip flopped. That would be okay. But then I guess the game would be at Paul Brown Stadium. Mm. But you know, I, I'm kind of crossing my fingers and hoping that the Bengals can exercise all of their demons in one two week stretch. So the Sunday game to end the regular season gets flexed to Sunday night. They win that to eliminate the uh, Sunday night jinx. They beat the Steelers, and then so so they've got a win over their uh, dreaded rival and end that streak. Then they end the playoff drought by beating the Steelers again, and we can forget about all of this talk <laughs> about senses and everything yeah. else. They will wipe out all of these demons in a two-week period. How does that sound? I think that sounds just about the most, the best Christmas stroke New Year present any Bengal could ever hope for, I think. Um, but I agree. There, I, I don't believe in hoaxes, uh, jinxes or kind of hexes or anything like that. You've just got to go out and do it yourself. And we have the team to do it. There's no question about it. Uh, but we just, you know, as ever, have to go out and do it, I think. so. Exactly. You know, I mean, there's no reason why we can't put it that way. Um, Dan, listen... Um, we could talk to you all night. You have the greatest voice. That, and it's weird, isn't it, when you actually talk to someone that, you, that you're that you so used to listening to almost passively uh, on the radio and then having, an, you know, a, an actual interactive conversation with them. It's a totally different <laughs> experience. It's very strange. But, Dan, I know that you had a fantastic time in London um, and I know that, um, you know, you love the UK. And so we're absolutely delighted that you were... Uh, able to come on and share a bit of time with us and really mate you're 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 more than welcome back anytime well i hope that the bengals are back in london within the next year or two that would be fantastic my wife and son and i had a wonderful time uh when they came to play the redskins so i'd love to get back as soon as possible good lad that's what we want to hear dan thank you so much for the time and really thanks for being such a great sport that was i think you've just provided me and nathan with you know, copious amounts of of joy and just unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable happiness with your little bit of commentary there. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dan. My Cheers, pleasure. Mate. Yeah, Pat, thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Thanks for the time. So there we go. That was Dan Horde with an exclusive piece of commentary. What do you think, Nathan? You didn't know that was going to happen, so uh, I'm eager to know what you thought about that. <laughs> Genuinely, absolutely amazing. I think Dan undersold me a bit, you know. I think I could have hauled it from the 24-yard line into the end zone without it bobbling. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a 76-yard pass in me. but um... He's slightly overestimating my <laughs> athleticism, to be honest with you. But, I mean, that's that's the stuff of dreams, isn't it, really? Oh, it's incredible. I mean... What a nice... I know, I know it's me, you know, saying this, every week but what a nice guy as well just that really nice bloke well genuinely. I knew I mean he, he was very complimentary about the London trip which um, which piqued my interest so I've always wanted to get him on and and genuinely you know as I said you know you have a relationship with a radio commentator that, that goes back to the mid 80s when I started listening to American football on yeah. 
on the Armed Forces radio network, like literally huddled like my my ear to the speaker because the signal was so weak. Mm. You do you know what I mean? You could just about hear it, and it is an incredible. I think radio and podcasts now, the new generation of radio, yeah, is yeah. an incredibly intimate experience. And I think, I think genuinely, Dan and Dave Lapp are a really good pairing. You know, yeah, I mean? they they're really, really good. So we're very, very thankful for for Dan for not only coming on for but for being a good sport. Um, <laughs> that was amazing. But we have uh, we have another half of the show to be getting on with. And um, if you're just tuned in, oh, no, it's not radio, I can't say that. You can tune in whenever you want, whatever day you want, whatever day it is, it doesn't really matter. We'll do a it? live broadcast one day, that'd be jokes. It would be. I'm not quite sure how we'd, we'd do that. I'm sure there's something on the internet that would let yeah, you do it. that, right? Facebook I'm sure. Live, just go all in. Well, yeah, but just audio only, I think. Yeah. Or would you want to do a TV show? I don't know. People want to look at our mugs for an hour with. <laughs> I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think they'd be horrified. Like five or ten minutes. But. Um, but let's get on with this um, show. We're going to do some half season grades because the Bengals are in the bye week now. Um, so it, it is the natural kind of time for reflection. Uh, I'm sure the coaches are doing that now. But but so are we, Nathan. Mm. Um, let's go through the various. I mean. Let's go through the various kind of, you know, phases, facets. phases, facets, whatever you want to call them, of the team, right? Got my pen out, I've got my paper in front of me, Nathan Paul. Means I love business. This. Nathan means business. He's got a piece of paper and a pen. Full A4 lines. Full A4 lines. The I don't know works. what that, is that a pencil or a pen? No, this is a lovely, one of my favourite pens, actually, I brought oh, over today. Oh my goodness me, you are back into it, aren't no, you? I'm completely back in my, <laughs> nothing but business this week. Nothing but business. Um, okay. So let's start with the quarterbacks because I think actually Dalton's having the best game of his best season of his career. I think, um, and if you look at uh, Austin Gale from PFF, who was another guest, uh, an old guest of Cincinnati a while back, Andy Dalton has earned an eighty-one, sorry, an eighty-four point one overall grade through Week Eight, ranking seventh among quarterbacks with 200-plus dropbacks this season. The Red Rifle is having the best season of his career, a good sign for Cincinnati's playoff chances in 2018. How about that, Austin? That's fighting talk. Come on. Right, there you go. I What grade would you I'm give? I'm going to kick off. I wouldn't say it was his best year to date. It might be statistically. It might be on Pro Football Focus or whatever else. I think the year he had when we we went out to eight and zero and everything else was. I think he looked more impressive then. Some of the games he led us through, certainly close because he's orchestrated some fantastic comebacks as well this year. I mean, even just in that Tampa uh, Bay game, driving us down the field, uh, you know, when the, all the momentum was with them to win that mm. field goal. A lot of credit's got to go to him then. Obviously, the Atlanta game, he did his part in the Pittsburgh game. Do you know what I mean? He yeah. took us down yeah, the field. Very and, true. You know, could have won us that game. So, I think it's very close. I think I'd have to give him. So probably an A minus. I was going to say B plus, but I'm going to say A minus. Yeah, me too. But I would say he's been better than that. I've never been his biggest fan, but I think this year this is the best I've seen him play. I think his deep balls are a lot, a lot better. Uh, and again, I do wonder whether it's Alex Van <laughs> helping out or or whoever. He's he's a, he seems a lot more in control. You know, when he, he he seems a lot more in control in the pocket, kind of you know rolling certainly to his right and against the grain to the left I don't know he just seems a lot more confident with an average at best offensive line I mean I think Absolutely. Dan Hoyt was being you know being quite polite when he said average to above average I would say it's more like average to below average yeah, yeah. so I think for for him to be doing with that 
average but running back support, good support on the outside with, you know, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd. Boyd certainly helped him. I think having that safety blanket with Tyler Boyd is something he hasn't had since Marvin Jones. No, I think that's, that's right. I think that's a real, real positive. Yeah. Um, and he's done it without Tyler Eifert part and parcel. I mean, apart from the odd game, mm. you know, he hasn't had that tight end presence. Uzama's been good, but he has It's not like you could he's sit there. He's not Tyler Eifert, is he? No, and I think, you know, you look back to that season I was talking about with Dalton when he had the full crowd. He had Marvin Jones, he had Sanu. Sanu yeah. He had, um, you know, Eifert was healthy that season for the most part. So, he had, you know, and he had a better offensive line then. So arguably, I think, you know, maybe I'm talking myself out of this. It might be his best year. I think so, because I think he, he's engineered more last minute drives this mm. season and he looks totally calm totally unflappable yes I agree with that um, his deep ball is a lot better I think I mentioned that a, a second ago I just think all round he's a better quarter. he looks he looks happy he looks relaxed we've jinxed the geezer now I know we have we still have. Let, <laughs> let's get on to running backs I'm going to give the running backs a a B yeah I'm I know gonna, what you're going to give I'm going to agree with you yeah okay. I was going to give a B yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a shame that Gio got that. I'm disappointed in Mark Walton. I don't think he's quite there yet, but you've got to remember he's a rookie. Yeah. Um, and I think Mixon has been, you know, evolving. I think he's, especially against that Tampa Bay game, uh, or in that Tampa Bay game, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. You know, he, he made people miss. Mm. He His acceleration was terrific. He made good decisions. Yeah. Uh, there was one on that fourth down, actually, early in the first uh, in the first quarter, that he didn't go where he was supposed to go, and mm. he got tackled. But then I think someone put it on Twitter. The play was repeated, and he he followed his block, yeah, and it worked. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's you know he's not the finished article yet, but no, I, 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 think, I think I think he plays. He's done well this year. I do. I'm much better. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And I think with Mixon, the talent's there. He's a good player. He's definitely a good player. I agree with you completely on the mental sort of side of things about, you know, potentially not following some things. There was also a play, a really important play, where I think it was like four, uh, third and 10, and we were on about the 42-yard line, so you couldn't really kick a field goal. Really, you just needed to pick up, you know, five, eight yards, maybe get into field goal position, screen play, straight to him, just dropped it. Just absolutely inexplicable. Yeah. I think one of us might have caught it. But um <laughs> Don't get that far. Yeah. But um, Mind you though, after Dan's well, commentary, yeah, exactly. That's we're what I'm capable saying. of anything, That's Nathan. What I'm saying. We could win it for the Bengals. Come on. Wait, I'll tell Marvin, you. where are you? We're waiting for that call. <laughs> but you know, to me it's like he has to clean that up. But, you know, he has to clean that up. But definitely, you know, he, he's an above average running back and he has impressed me. I'm not on the train yet. I was going to. That was. Damn, I'm that not was on the be train my next yet. Next question. I know I'm not that on the people train. People want to know where, no. where are you in regards to the mixing train? So I'm looking one to see. On. Looking to see when it's going. Sort of having a little. Have look you at bought the doors. a ticket? Are you going towards no, the, I'm just gonna the ticket of, office at the nah, moment? Not not yet. Not yet. I'm oh, certainly no. getting closer. He's the last couple of weeks. He's impressed me, but I, sometimes I don't think he's strong enough. Okay. I think he gets tackled too easily. Like that fourth and one you were talking about, you want to just barrel a few geezers yeah, over. But I, Jeremy I, Hill used to have that ability. He did. He was slower, but he used to yeah. be able to bang a few blokes over. His mixing tends to go down a bit too easy. You look at someone like Saquon Barkley, who's got thighs the size of this sewing room, 
and he will just it'll take four geezers to bring him down yeah you know a bit like Todd Gurley just keeps right even Kareem Hunt somehow just seems to keep you know people like falling that, off the back of him that's just sheer slipperiness and aggression uh, and athleticism that's the only thing I'd argue mixing he's, he's got the athleticism he's got the speed I think he's got the vision but sometimes I'm not sure he breaks enough tackles and he manages to just inexplicably stay on his feet I think he did Last week, I think that was a good sign against the Bucks. Yeah, know? I know the Bucks aren't a great defense, but that was that was a good that was a good sign from me. Yes, I agree. Um, offensive line. Now, I'm going to give the offensive line a C, but that's not against the league average. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to give it a C because that's against what they used to be. I think Dan Horde is absolutely right in saying that. Um, whoever Frank, let's give some credit to Frank Pollack. Yeah. Um, I think that he's managed to make them a an average to below average offensive line, which sounds ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with you though. But that's all we. That, I think that's all we kind of asked for, just to give Dalton a little bit so more it wasn't time. Just a complete free for all. Absolutely not. I mean, I'm not quite sure about Alex Redmond yet, although he had a good game against Tampa Bay. Didn't allow, didn't allow any pressures, so that was good. I mean, I think most people would like to see Christian Westerman there, who did a fine job. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, yeah. In Clint Bowling's absence against the Bucks, I have to tip my hat off. To, to tip my hat off. Yeah, I'm going to tip it all the way off. I'm not going to tip it. I'm going to actually take it off and doff it to um, Trey Hopkins. I think he's been really yeah. fair play to that dude. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a guard. It can't be easy, like filling in at centre. Yeah. So, um, fair play to Trey Hopkins. Bobby Hart. I mean, I had a bit of a go at him in last episode, you know, the ones that you didn't listen to, Nathan. Um, <laughs> I had a bit of a go at him last week because I was like in full moaning, ranty mode. and I'd have loved that episode. And to- oh, thank Christ you weren't here, honestly. But Tobbers <laughs> was like massaging my um, my rant mode. Progression. My pure aggression. And um, yeah, I-, I had a bit of a go at Bobby Hart. But actually, he's not been totally awful this year I mean he's been bad some year but he's been okay anyone's ever said that about this podcast they've not been totally awful (laughs) they've been alright this this counts as a win (laughs) them being alright it counts as a win for us I I think you hit the nail on the head I I can't elaborate any more on that I'm going to give a slightly better grade than you and give it a C plus I think I've been they're definitely not a bruising, you know, fantastic. I mean, I think they were be Mixon could be tearing it up, but yeah. they certainly have impressed me based on what I was used to last season. And I hope they can just got to keep it going and gel and, you know, because yeah. you've got to think Billy Price has been out for a while. They are yeah, rotating. Yeah, we're back after the bye. Yeah, they're thought. rotating people around in there. And I think if they can just get some cohesion and, you know, start gelling a bit better and they could even just get to being a completely fully-fledged average line... Yeah, that could be enough. Yeah, because Cordy Glenn has been yeah he's good very without good. being. I mean, he's had, a few, he's had a few dodgy moments, yeah. a few dodgy games actually. But on the whole, he's been what yeah. we needed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bowling's been great as ever. Yeah. Trey Hopkins has been terrific. I mean, Price is pretty good yeah, when he started, yeah. but Hopkins, as I say, what fair play to the to the guy. Redmond has been a weak link. He has, and Bobby Hart, you know, has been better than expected. Better, I mean, not amazing, but better than than I expected him to be. Yeah, I really did. So, I think it's C. Tight ends. That's difficult to grade. Very difficult. I couldn't really skip that. But I'm going to give a shout out to CJ Uzma. Yeah, I agree. And also, 
the young lad who caught his first NFL pass against the Bucks. Is it Jonathan? Yeah, Geezer just snuck out of nowhere, didn't he? What was his name? Jonathan Franks. Is yes, he, the Geezer just sneaking down the sidelines. I was like, Who's that Geezer? Yeah, I mean, fair, fair play, play to him. What a, what a moment! Good for pass him. as well, and like pass, just caught pass. it in stride. Like yeah. I'd be well happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it goes back to Dan's commentary. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go on to the other side of the ball. Um, let's go defensive line. Bit of a tricky one because we thought they were going to cause absolute mayhem this year. And Gino's had a good year. Past couple of games has been a bit quiet, but, you know, it's not all about sacks. We've got to remember that. It's all about pressures as well and how mm. he collapses the pocket and allows other people to, to kind of, get the sacks once he's taken the attention he often gets double teamed you know yeah um same with Dunlap I think Dunlap has stepped up and made some enormous plays this year um but it's not been the sack machine that we thought it might be right no I, I I'm gonna lead this one off and say C plus I think there's been some really good plays in there like Dunlap has you know forced the issue and he's you know generated a few turnovers Sam Hubbard has stepped up but there's been a few players that I think from a production sense have been disappointing I think um, like who well like Kyle um, Kyle Lawson before he hasn't his got injury. the sacks but he's got a lot of pressure yeah a lot of pressures but like he hasn't delivered anything you know I think in eight games you'd have liked to see the geezer have a sack I mean I know it's not all about sacks but you'd have liked to have seen that and I, you know I've been disappointed with Andrew Billings I thought in the pre-season he looked like he could be a real, real could wrecking, wrecking machine, yeah, and he's yeah. just not. He's just been a little bit disappointing. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Michael Johnson, I think, is a very below-average player, and he's one of them players, a bit like Vinnie Ray, and you know, players like that. that the Bengals sometimes just hold on to just a bit too long. I think this will be his last year. And I, I, think, mean, I, I actually think, don't think he's been awful this year. I don't think he's been awful, but I, I statistically, I'm sure he. I can't. Yeah, I mean, but he's a rotational player now. Isn't yeah, he? I know. I'm, I'm. He's my favorite player, <laughs> and I know I'm trying to desperately defend him here. But you know, I, I agree. I mean, he's not. He's not. He's just a rotational player. I think the Jordan run- Willis hasn't. No, that's up, a good shout. That's hasn't a good stepped shout. up as, as developed maybe as spectacularly as we thought he might yeah. do. Sam Hubbard done okay. Yeah, he's done okay. I also just think that they're giving up too many yards rushing sort of through the middle, mm. and it just you know I know that's the linebackers as well. But all right, let's. Go. I'm going to give the um, defensive line a a C plus. So we. Tied on More that. or less, very similar grades from us tonight. It's a bit, a bit spooky itself, yeah, you know. Well, it's Halloween, Halloween yeah. you know. What's going on? Um, so linebackers, I think. I mean, this is just a like this is like a zombie zone. This is like a Halloween kind of graveyard, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I'm going to give them. Uh, you know, it was a shame for Nick Vigil getting injured. I'm still not convinced. No, Trouble not is, convinced in, in two or three years. I'm still. I still don't know quite what we've got with Vigil because I he's agree. been injured. I agree. Yeah. I mean, he looks the part, and he he racks up loads of tackles. He's arguably our most. He's not really a playmaker, though, is he? That's he's his... not. But you don't always have to have. You need you need it to be like quite a complementary unit. The linebacker core, don't you? Want one guy to stuff it and be that kind of almost sheriff in the middle of the field. <laughs> And then you want the guy who's like really athletic and yeah, sort of uh, right, good chasing in coverage. down the tight ends and stuff, yeah. And then you want a couple of guys who can kind of maybe do a bit of both. And uh, you know, I don't fantastic know. description of the linebacker core. I was hoping you keep going with that. Oh no, that's all I got, mate. <laughs> that's all I got. I'm, I'm half a bottle of wine in. You know what I mean? I've only got so much. Um, 
No, I'm I'm massively disappointed, and it's about time we invested properly in. You know, I think Preston Brown's okay, been okay, not amazing, yeah. but okay. Yeah, uh, he's not athletic in the slightest. I mean, no. that that's become very evident. I think Jordan um, Evans continues to progress. He's not amazing, but he's done okay. Um, I think we're being too kind. Well, I'm going to give them a D, so I'm not being that kind, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's definitely the weakest part of the team and that's not like any revolutionary thing to say I don't think um, and it's funny Marvin just or the team whether it's Marvin or the, the personnel department just don't seem to value the linebacking call we pick up players that are a little bit set past their sell by date on one year deals we draft like people in the third fourth fifth round don't really play them you look at Malik Jefferson this year he was out of college supposed to be this this athletic linebacker yeah he hasn't played this year yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. so that's that that's a third round pick yeah that's yeah. third round Nathan yeah and um he hasn't played what a waste you know for now yeah 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 I agree um and you know so you know it's it's a bit of a mess isn't it really but I don't know, and that's that's where the 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 leaking seems to be happening. I'm going to be brutal and just give him an E. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Just straight up, I just think that um, you know, in terms of playmaking ability, Preston Brown had a pick, I think, which was nice. Jordan Evans had the one that was thrown straight at him. That you know, he, he, I think again, me and you might have been able to catch that. The tackling's been really poor. You know, there's been a, that's been a key theme across the ball of the tackling being poor. Um, pass protection to tight ends, people like Vance McDonald and stuff, carving us up down the middle. And I think Berthick just epitomises everything in his two games back. It was all over the place. It was shambolic. He, to me, really didn't epitomise what you'd expect in a leader either in those games back. No, he was okay. on the sides. He was moaning a bit. He was complaining. He's getting you know, into those things of Antonio Brown and sort of stoking that fire again, pointing at Smith. I just don't think he's got the wiggle room I, I don't also think he's necessarily got the respect that he perhaps used to no. have in that locker room. No. Because people like Pac-Man Jones have moved on, who's a big personality in that locker room, and some of the other guys that knew him back in the day when he you know, really was a Pro Bowl-level player. Yeah. And you've got a lot of these rookies now, like Sam Hubbard, who are different, you know, different type of characters to him coming through, and you know, younger players like Jesse Bates and William Jackson who are starting now. And you know, to them, they're like, you know, we're working our ass off here, and the geezer's been out four games. He comes back in, he's not playing well, he's the captain yeah you know there's and I know perfect had this fantastic relationship with Paul Gunther and that's a lot of the reasoning that he got a lot of that mm. you know thing and now Gunther's not there so all of a sudden you start to think well maybe the geezers are the odd one out and yeah. it, to me he epitomizes the core of that line group because if he's playing at a high level like we know and you've got Preston Brown's sort of half average to the side of him it's like, well, okay, we can sort of like limp through. But when you just got out there, you know, Jordan Evans and Preston Brown and Vinnie Ray, and it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's really, quite it's time dire. to invest in that. It really is. I completely agree with area. you. So draft next year. There's a couple of linebackers. I've been, I've been sort of dabbling with fan speak already. I know, but I have. <laughs> anyway, um, do you not think we could have done with a trade? There is there not someone out there we could have. There's gone a couple and of grabbed? dudes. There was a guy from the Cardinals whose name I can't remember. There was no real stars out there, but no. um, you know, there was a couple of solid guys. Even but, just you know, a, are, yeah. they, are they worth? Yeah, no, a fifth right. or whatever. Yeah. You know, the Bengals are just not going to do that, are they? They're no. just not against their thing. Okay, uh, secondary. I I'm going to give them a C minus. Um, They've improved in recent weeks, but I, I think the pro, a, a few of their problems are um, 
schematic and they're just not um they just don't seem comfortable with Austin's uh those kind of soft zones that he's playing there seems to be a, pretty much every game or every other game there seems to be a miscommunication uh, a yeah, botched completely coverage agree. completely agree um you know i think william jackson is still a really good player but he's not he's obviously not been amazing this year he's been caught a lot especially down in the red zone mm. little darting sort of uh, five and out, five and ins. You know what I mean? Those little in routes that yeah, just yeah, dying yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. He's been caught on quite a few of those. I think Dre it has because William Jackson's so good. Dre has been targeted. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but actually, you look at the stats and Dre hasn't been awful. But he is the weak link out of the two starting quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Denard is still a good player, but you know, losing him was a real yeah. shame. Um, I'm not a fan of Sean Williams. I would have, I personally, I would have kept Iloka. If it was a choice between Sean Williams and Iloka, mm. I would have kept Iloka. And because I just think Sean Williams is injury-wise is you know not as perhaps durable as as George, and I also think he's liable to do something a little bit silly in terms of personal fouls. And he's done that a few times this year. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, sometimes it has cost us, sometimes it hasn't. He he, he snagged a, an interception this week, didn't he, against the But he Bucks. also dropped one straight in his grasp. Didn't I don't he? think he's yeah. good. Jesse Bates has been an absolute revelation. Je- yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. The other the other guy that I'd like to... And, you know, Fedge is fine as a backup yes. safety. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would actually go back and look at reinvesting in safety next draft as well. Mm. Uh, but that's, again, for another time. Uh, personally, I re the other person I want to give a shout out to is um, Darius Phillips. Yeah, yeah. I, I he's been better than Tony McRae. Poor old Tony McRae. Um, I would like to uh, hold on a second. I just want to make sure I got his fucking name right. That's all right. How are we doing for time? Yeah, we've got, we're we're gonna have a long one tonight, so it's yeah. fine. Oh, bloody hell! So it's um, it's not Devonta Harris, is it? It's so yeah. I'd like to give a shout out to Darius Phillips, who I think has been pretty good in the slot corner mm. and looks a bit tasty at return as well. He looks tasty. Bit, yeah, he does look a bit tasty. He looks as though someone could make things happen. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So yeah, I I don't think it's been awful, but I think there's a problem with the scheme. They're not. They're obviously a little bit confused back there. Um, they're not quite playing. Maybe that I don't know. Maybe it's a problem with. Man versus zone. I don't know because William Jackson seemed to be like the you know a proper Darrell Revis shut down man corner, and he's yeah. being asked to play slightly differently maybe this year. Um, but we'll see. Well, I don't know. What was your take on the secondary? I think I'd give him a C minus, same as you. I think uh, you know there's been bright spots. I think definitely Jesse Bates, and I think whenever you see that sort of a bright spot from an, a rookie, not even a you know second third year player, it's fantastic because you know and hope that they'll only get better. Um, 
Jackson, I think, has been okay. I think he's certainly been above average. He's not had the glory that I think all of us expected of him, but then I did think we put him on a very high pedestal coming into the season. I mean, he was brilliant last year. He, he was, yeah. But, I mean, you know, one year, and that was his first year, I, you know, maybe we set the bar a little bit high for him. I just think, and I hate, you know, just ranting on players, but from what I've seen, and I know Pro Football Focus might, you know, not back this up, but I do think Dre's been poor. I think he has been really targeted. And I think, you know, in the NFL now, you know, he tends to cover the number two guy on their side. And, you know, teams are very aggressively throwing the ball, more than they've ever thrown it. And, you know, the receivers have never been better. But he does just look, and I don't know if it's because of scheme. I think we have to give credit that it is a new defensive coordinator. There's going to be a new playbook. And these players have had Gunther for a long time and they've got to change over. And, you know, some of these calls might be different and they are still adjusting halfway through a season. But, Time after time after time, it just feels like if he's not, if he's missing a tackle, he's out of position, or it's you know he thinks the safety's covering and they're not, and it's just it's just felt to me like he's been quite a weak link. I don't think Shaw Williams, apart from that game against Baltimore, has really done a lot at all. Yeah, he was superb against Baltimore. Yeah, but that was about it. He had a real chip on his shoulder. Yeah, he game, did. He? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. other than that, it's. There's just been too many. I mean, even William Jackson in that Tampa Bay game, letting, I think it was Deshaun Jackson just get behind him and just tear past him. Yeah. Um, you know. No, I agree. Okay, let's. we haven't got too much time. We, we've been prattling on for a while. Prattling? We've got, we've got, we've got some correspondence <laughs> to get through as well and a few announcements as well, which is exciting. Prattling? Uh, prattling. You're still on that. You don't care what happens next. You just want to find out what prattling means. But Prackling or prattling? Prattling. Prattling. P-R-A-T-T-L-I-N-G. Prattling. There you go. Oh, I'm gonna get that into. See, it. you're back and you're learning words oh, I love already. It. Prattling. Um, Bloody hell. You know, uh, so we have two, and I know that you've got an opinion on this. So I'm going to ask you to keep it short because I know that you can probably talk for about an hour on this. But let's first of all go to well, let's go to a correspondence because this fits in really well, actually. Uh, Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Solid handle. That is one of my favourite handles, if not Definitely. my favourite hand, favouritest handle. Um, I reckon Randy Bullock deserves a big shout out. He's been very consistent. Uh, was clutch against Tampa Bay, and he has an amusing name. <laughs> Good old Lord Rixo. I love you, man. Um, I'm glad he got paid. Now I remember at the meetup when when Randy was was about to line up for the field goal. I immediately <laughs> looked at you because I know what your <laughs> thoughts are. But he has been pretty solid. You have to give him that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he did miss an extra point in that. No, he yeah, did. It it is. He that the balls on the geezers are kicked out at the end there from 43 as well. It's not a chip shot. The, like I said before, the momentum was all with Tampa Bay. Mm. I mean, I'd had a few drinks and it almost, it was such a like, uh, I mean, there's a you know a lot of like, the atmosphere was a fraucus in that part at the yeah, end and yeah. I wasn't really too sure what was going on. But <laughs> the momentum was all with Tampa Bay and you could mm. just about feel it. And I think for him to, you know, Dorton to lead him down the field and for him to step up, that wasn't even close to being missed. I mean, as soon as it came off his boot, you look to the trajectory, you're like, that's going straight down the middle. If you want to Massive see, credit. If you want to see Nathan and Bengals UK's reaction to that kick you can go on to our twitter feed at uh, at whoday underscore uk and you can see what it kind of meant to all of us really it was a great moment um huge credit to bullock huge uh, credit i think i think kev uh, uh our old chum kev huber <laughs> has um has been pretty solid this year yeah uh randy's been good um 
I know, again, I think that because... It seems to me with special teams, because it's such an under-the-radar phase that no one really cares about, but actually it's quite important. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't really pay too much attention. And from what it... It seems to me that the longer that you have a, a special team, team together, the better it is, because everyone knows their roles, everyone knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we've had quite a lot of turnover in the past couple of years and this year as well. So it's not quite as good. I think Darren Simmons, again, you know, we met him at the London thing, so I think we're going to defend him for whatever happens. But I, th- I think he's a very good special teams coach, gen- yeah. gen- genuinely. Um, I don't think they've been on it this year, but I'm going to give them a C plus as the unit. I think Randy's been good. Kev's been good. Alex Erickson's been solid. He's, uh, you know, he's good got Alex Erickson. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd like to see Darius Phillips a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but in terms of covering and all that kind of stuff, we've not been super amazing. I think, this, I've, I'm, I think you're being a little harsh there. I'm going to give him a B minus. Okay. I think <clears throat> the fumbled snap against Kansas City was... Uh, Very poor. Absolutely embarrassing. That was poor. And I think the return touchdown we gave up, I think right at the end of the half like that, was really, really disappointing. Um, That's against Miami, Against Miami, yeah. 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 Dead disappointing. But I think Bullock, I mean, you know, Lord Rixendale has got me, he's got got me uh, over a barrel here because... I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't think Lord Rixendale was expecting you, <laughs> expecting to find anybody over a barrel. Seeming he's a lord for God's sake. I, I can't. I can't disagree. He's been. He's been excellent. But look, and you know, he might cost us down the line, and I might be able to, you know, get back on my high horse. But I, you know, the geezer's gone and kicked a game-winning field goal, a game on the line with you know a couple of seconds to go. Credit where it's due. I mean, yeah, I'm still not sold on him as a, a huge weapon. He doesn't have a big leg, but credit where it's due. There you go. You heard it for here first. Nathan paying Randy Bullock a <laughs> a compliment or two. Yeah, fair play to the geezer. Okay, we're going to do this very last, and I'm going to ask you to do it quickly, even though yeah. I, I know yeah. that you don't want to. Yeah. Wide receivers, right? Yeah. I'm going to give them, actually, what am I going to give them? I'm going to give them a C plus. No, I'm going to give them a B minus, actually. Because I think AJ's been terrific this year. Uh, I think Tyler Boyd has obviously been a revelation, like better than anybody. You know, we all knew that he had to step up and, and kind of become that number two almost. Uh, but after that, I mean, he's Tyler Boyd has been outstanding. Like probably, arguably, behind Dalton, or perhaps on a par with Bolton as the offensive player of the year. You know, we'll yeah. come to that later on in the year. But I think he's been so good, like so good, like really amazing route, route running and yeah. um, catching. And as you mentioned earlier, he's given Dalton that that kind of secondary option that he's not really had since Marvin yeah. Jones. Um, Dis- Ericsson is what Ericsson is. He's a bit part player. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. he's. I like him as a player, but he's never going to be anything more. And um, I think that's what we've established. He's going to be popping up from time to time. Yeah. I would like to, you know, the whole Cody Core, uh, Josh Malone thing is weird to me. Yeah. I think Malone is a much better player than Cody Core, um, and yet Cody Core gets the nod because of his special teams value I think I would like to see especially now that the tight ends are depleted 
I would like to see Alden Tate in the team on on the starting roster. I'm not saying that he's going to change the world. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying he's going to become an instant, you know, kind of fix all thing for yeah. for the team. But I, I just still believe he, he would create matchup problems in the, in the in the kind of the red, red zone. zone. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and probably join you on a B again. I think. To me, AJ Green's been good. He's, I think he's what you expect from AJ Green, and he at the moment seems like he's healthy and he's producing. I think he's played well. I think purely just because um, we've got the level of production that we have out of Tyler Boyd, that it's a B. Because, like you said, it's exceptional production. And he, you know, Dan Hall's saying he's on pace for twelve hundred yards, eighty catches, which is absolutely phenomenal, and he's better than anyone could have hoped. But I, I think because of that, it gets the B. Green and him aside. Behind them two, between John Ross, Josh Malone, Cody Core, Alden Tate, and Alex Erickson, between all of them, there's been virtually zero production. I mean, you're literally saying, I mean, I know Ross has had a tiny little beer in there and he's got a couple of touchdowns at about 100 yards, but for what you expect between those guys, you'd expect one of them to maybe by now have a couple of two, 300 and, you know, be chipping in here and there, doing something or other. And it's just not happened. And there's been some key drops by a few of them when they've needed to, a few mistakes. And I think that, you know, I think fair play to Green and to Boyd for stepping up and really sort of putting the They're team on their shoulders. They are, especially with Eifert going down. Yeah, yeah. So I would have to give them a B purely on Green and Boyd. Behind that, it's, it's pretty dire, to be honest. Okay, one name you mentioned there that I didn't, per- I purposefully didn't mention. Yeah. Because I know that you'll go on a massive rant. <laughs> And I know that uh, uh, one of our flock, uh, Martin at Dorset Bengal. Solid handle. Solid handle, solid geezer as well, even though he didn't uh, come down for the meetup, but that's fine. I'm not bitter about that. <laughs> um, sorry, Martin. Um, um, he's been he's been shouting on Twitter about John Ross being a bust. Mm. And you did something similar, I think, didn't you, against after the Kansas City game? Mm. Um, what are your feelings on John Ross? Because I have mixed feelings. What are your feelings on? John's really interesting. Is I put out on Twitter just just for like interest. I said, would you trade? Because the Raiders back when they were shopping Amari Cooper, I said, would you shop Cooper for Ross straight up? Yeah. And everyone came back to me and almost laughed me off of Twitter. And said, no, I wouldn't do it. And I find that staggering. I mean, Amari Cooper is like, I know he hasn't been fantastic, but he's also on a far worse team. Yeah. You know, he was fantastic at Alabama. He had a very, very good rookie year and he's a fairly solid production and he's mm. a fairly decent number one, if not at worst, a good number two. And he's, and he's a known quantity. John Ross to date has achieved absolutely more or less nothing. Yeah. And I think with John Ross, we said at the start of the season, there's the potential there, and someone <clears> would take a gamble on the geezer because he has got that frightening pace, and he isn't. That isn't all he's got. He is, you know, he has got ability. There's no doubt about that. That's always said. Me and Tobbers said last week. You know, yeah. He, he has. He has got more. He was. He was. You know, again, coming out of Washington, he was known as a really good route runner. Yeah, yeah, he had good hands. He was the, you know, the only knock on him was his physicality. Yeah, and I think that's the problem is that he's gonna. I mean, he, he when he ran that four point two two, I think he'd done his hamstring. Yeah, I know, right. Mind um, you, so would you if you ran four point two two. Yeah, true. Yeah, I'd but do pretty much every muscle in my body. If yeah, I, ran I mean, that he's too. just not. I'm, I'm, he's not a big guy. He's not a six foot three four guy. That even I don't. Think, I think that he's more than six foot. And I think the problem, I mean, Tyreek Hill would argue you don't need to be if you've got that speed. So I guess that throws me out. But 
I think if he's got these durability issues and he's got these mental mistakes, if he can't stay on the field to rectify them and get the reps up, then we've got a big problem because he's yeah. n- at the moment he's not getting ahead of um, it's Tyler Boyd. The, it's almost the same situation as Vontaze, but slightly differently. You know, uh, John Ross. You know, you give him a little bit of wiggle room because he was a first round pick and because he was injured. Yeah. But yeah. how long? Will that earn him enough wiggle room for yeah. us to kind of think, hold on a minute, he's been a bust. Now, he was pretty much injured that whole first year. Yeah. This year was really his rookie year, and he's shown bits of promise, but he's injured again. Yeah. Um. So it's a, it's a question of, you know, how long, how long do you give him? How long do you go without thinking, you know, this guy was a mistake? You know? Yeah. Because I still think... I really genuinely do still think that he's going to be good for the Bengals if he can stay healthy. That's the big question. I think the thing with John Ross as well, just very quickly to finish this one off, is that it's not only the fact that he was a first-round pick. Didn't the Bengals take him number nine overall? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's the problem is because at number nine overall, you know, there's only eight players in the whole draft class that you're saying are better than him. Yeah. And to me, I think if you're going to make that a skill position, you damn want more than that. If you go and pick a guy, you know, 24th and that you take, a flyer on that doesn't work out like a Corey Coleman or Brashad Perryman or people like that mm. it's a little bit more easy to digest because there yeah. probably wasn't necessarily like a guaranteed player on the board no I get and it. there never okay. is but I think if you're picking number nine especially that high in the top ten you want immediate you want someone that's going to come in and it's almost a safer pick than that because yeah. when we took Ross it was very to me it felt like a luxury pick when we had a lot of other things elsewhere and I think in that, if you've got a pick like that and you need a player Take some a little bit safer than use. It, I, know, I was fine. Know. I was fine with Ross at, at that. Yeah, I just thought we, the team needed speed on offense, and obviously that's he's going to give you speed. Yeah, and we needed someone to kind of step into that Marvin Jones role, and it's like, well, he, you know, let's go with it. You and know, he still let's could find. come good. I mean, he who still knows? Could. Who knows? I, yeah. I I'm fifty fifty. I'm still giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I know a lot of people already are turning. I'm like seventy five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so as a team, as a whole, what grade are you giving the Bengals at this halfway stage? Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? Oh. I'm going to give them a C plus. B minus. Okay, pretty much the same, really. I they I I said at the start of the year eight and eight, and I think you said ten and six. No, nine and seven. And you said nine and seven. They're still on track for that. And I I think they've they've certainly come out and played including every game and including the resilience that they've shown. That's been the most impressive thing for me. Yeah. I would have to give them at least a B minus because you have to remember this was a very poor team last year. We could have very, been 4 very, and 12 quite We easily. could have easily been We were four playing and like a 4 and 12 We haven't team. changed their head coach. We haven't changed the quarterback situation, no, which most no, teams really would 100% do in that situation. Yeah. Not many teams would sit there and say, let's renew our head coach. Let's renew, yeah. um, you know, let's stay with our quarterback. And, Credit to the Bengals. They're five and three. They've beaten the Ravens. You know they've done well. We haven't even played the Browns yet. You know we've got two games against the Browns. Well, the way to go. they're going after what's happened in the last yeah, couple yeah, of days, yeah. you know that's probably two wins, isn't it? You well, know? you'd hope so. So that's what I mean. I, I I'm glad you. Know, I'm going to give them a B, and, and that's being really positive. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they have been at okay, times well, I'm diabolical. I'm going to put mine up. Yeah, they have, but it's inconsistency. I think that's the maddening yes. thing. I, I, you look at how they played. Uh, how many yards they've they've given up on defense? 
how inconsistent they've been on offense, and you're like, they're five and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How I know, have they done that? I know. How have they done that? But that's what they need. There's what balls. a mental season, and yeah, and I think it's it's the size of their testicles. I really do. <laughs> I think it's the size and oh, for- the the you know the, the fortitude of their testicles. Just the magnitude. <laughs> oh, the, the enormity of their their. You, the gigantic, the giganticness. Oh, can you? No, it is true though that I can't. You can't fault them for bottle. And I last really year, don't. that's what that, that's last year is what they missed. That yeah, that was a few games last year that if they'd gone the other way, they could have ended up being an eight and eight, nine and seventeen. Yeah, they're just yeah. dug in at the end. Yeah. And this year they've dug in. That Atlanta game was one play away from being nope. The Tampa Bay game, one play, one play away from being nope, that's not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, you might be looking at a three and five team. So well, I think exactly, that's what you need. Yeah. Is that I mean, you know, as that, Chris Wessling said, you know, yeah, I mean, look at look at that those close Fed- play in again that week one yeah when we were terrible against the yes Colts. yes yes yeah and yet we that fedge play finding a way to win and that that's to me is you know and that I, against it, miami yeah we were terrible against miami yeah, for three quarters yeah i know and then absolutely knacked them in that final quarter you know mj yeah Sam Hubbard with defensive TDs, you know, Jesse Bates' first interception. Of yeah. The, and look at Tampa Bay as well, you know, everything was, you know, James Winston was having a mare, but we were taking full. So things, you know, obviously the Kansas City one was. You can't a, keep that up, though. No, that's not no, a safe way right. to play. No, that's that, the problem. exactly. That's I not think a they formula, were the, probably their best game was against the Ravens. Yeah, the, more, the most their best complete game. game. And I think they need to find some more form of that because you can't play the inconsistencies that they've shown against good teams in the playoffs and expect to get anywhere. And we can't look at this as being an exercise of all oh, we're 9 and 7, 10 and 6, make the playoffs and then get blown out by Kansas City or blown out by Pittsburgh or blown out by the Chargers or someone like that in the wild card and then sit there and say, oh, you know, because it's just like it's just exactly the same as we had three, four, five yeah. years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people have been making that point, especially against the Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that, I mean, no, you can go back and listen to the Kansas City episode with Tobbers and um, <laughs> you can you can relive that. Let's not relive that. But um, yeah, I agree. It's it's kind of the Bengals have to make the Bengals have to be better. They have to be more consistent on offense than they certainly have to be better on defense. Yes. And um, I don't know how they're going to do it in this bye week, but. You know, well, fair play. They've got a chance to, to, haven't they? If you, know, you ever needed a bye week, it'd be now. Players injured, do you know yeah. what I mean? Let's get get the ship straight. Absolutely. Right, uh, we've got a few minutes left, so we've got to get to some correspondence. Mike Smith at solid underscore handle. Solid handle. Solid handle for solid handle. Um, what's the best thing Mike Brown has ever done as an owner? <laughs> I, think, I, I think Tom McDowell uh, replied to this, and he said, bring the Bengals over to the UK. And I can't a, think of yeah, anything better. Although there are some really nice human stories of Mike Brown that gets lost yeah. within all the kind of like, Mike Brown is, you know, yeah, penny yeah. pinching, blah, 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 old man, doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. You know, you look at the stuff with Adam Jones, that was amazing. His little daughter, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think any other, well, no, that's probably that's a gross generalisation, but <laughs> there aren't many, you know, he has his faults, uh, but there aren't many owners that have like a human... Uh, connection to his players, I don't think. No, I don't know about that. You know, maybe that's just wrong. Do you know what I would say? One but of the he best takes things, an interest in people, One of the best, I think. Mike Brown, is, in my mind, is one of the, I mean, this is a bit out of order, but 
one of the poorest negotiators when it comes to sort oh, of yes, striking deals. But and then we're not GM. here to have a go. No, no, no but wait, wait, this is where but, I'm going to go. Oh, okay. Because he's so mean and yeah. so poor with that, yeah. he pulled off possibly the best ever trade what, the Carson in the last 10 to 15 years because <laughs> yes. no one thought he would do it. Yeah. And if you're Oakland, you're probably like, let's just give him a first and a second for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got such good value. A lot of other yeah. GMs would have just taken the first, let alone yeah, the second. Absolutely. Um, Christopher Hood, uh, good to see you on Sunday at the meetup, Chris, with your son Monty. You're, I hope you had a good time. Um, the second half performance uh, against Tampa Bay was concerning, but we won, and a win is a win. Just worried it will kill us, and we'll miss the last play or next match one day, as they keep doing this last minute craziness. And I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. This kind absolutely. of last minute relying on a last minute comeback is not a. Uh, sustainable way it's not sustainable it's not a great recipe for success is it but they keep doing it so yeah. you know amazing stuff Martin Greer another guy who came to the meetup at Martin Greer really good to meet you Martin um, big win against the Bucks and a much needed bye week five and three is a pretty good record to take into the second half of the season are we worrying too much about stats and performances when wins over losses are all that matters? Good point. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really good, good point. point. And I mentioned earlier, you know, you know, we can be like historically bad in terms of mm. yards being given up, but actually, it's all about how many points you give away. Yeah, a bit of circumstance, and yeah, like you know, it's a good, it's a good point. And I think that's a really good point. You know, maybe we are worrying. Maybe it is like, well, oh God. And know, the NFL's really become about that now. When you look at these next gen stats, they put up the pro football focus things. Like now, yeah. like, did you notice on I think it's Sunday Night Football they have underneath everyone they introduce them like PFF yeah. position, like forty yeah, exactly, second out, yeah, etc. Yeah. And it, and I think it can be very dangerous because you need to apply some circumstances to some of these stats because if you know, if a player's only played a few games, or he's played against much better teams, or you know, or he's carrying an injury that you don't know about, and yeah. I think there's so much you know that you need to look into before you know, especially in eight games. I think if it had been you know 20, 30 games, and there was a little bit of you know ability for it to level out, but when you're looking at the sample size of you know some of these teams have only played seven, eight games, it's so difficult you know 100%. to sort of judge off of that sample pool. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think I, I think that's it. I mean, at the end of the day, Brian, it is all about wins and losses, isn't it? And you don't really, well, you do care, but at the end of the day, you don't care how you get there. No, and you look at wins us at the win. moment, five and three. Arguably, those a lot of those games could have gone the other way. We yeah. could be. Two and six at the moment, quite easily, I think. Yeah. If 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 things if, hadn't turned no, out the true. way they had, I agree. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's a case of like you know, it's the cardiac cats again, isn't it? Are it we really gonna is. are we gonna get to the playoffs by by dint of like <laughs> being a rubbish defense, a historically bad defense, but still somehow it's pure entertainment though. Pure. Isn't it? I mean that that's the thing. I'm just gonna go on a bit of a rant here. I saw the empty seats in um, Paul Brown Stadium. I just couldn't understand it. I know people are hacked off with the so-called, you know, same old Bengals thing, the fact that we've still got Marvin, the fact that we'll probably get to the playoffs and then get knocked out at the first round. That That's what they think. Mm. But, my God, aren't the games exciting? I, absolutely. If I, mean, I had a season 37-34 field goal like, with about a couple of seconds left and puts that it That Miami game, that yeah. Baltimore game. If I had a season ticket... I would be there absolutely every week. Not just <laughs> oh, yeah. not because I'm re- I'm a realist. I'm not being a, an optimist. I I would go turn up to the games a to see my team and b yeah. to see the players, the mm. teams. You know, Drew Brees is coming to town in a couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's true. Imagine that seeing Drew Brees. 
But also, I would go because you stick with your team through thick and thin. Whoever the coach, head coach is, whoever the the owner is. <laughs> you sound like you had two bottles of wine. I know, I'm off. properly ranting. I'm going to go outside <laughs> and start ranting at people. But you no, know, it made me, it made right. me a bit angry. It was no, like, you, are right. you know, us fans over here in the UK would absolutely snap their hands off for like yeah, you know, yeah. season tickets and whatnot. So, you know, who am I to say? But I would be there every week. Yeah, and I, th- I think the Bengals are playing like that. Like you said, it's not always pretty, but it's exciting football, whether yeah. you like it or not. And I think the NFL this year, you know, relaxing some of the, or sorry, tightening some of the defensive rules well, to sort of allow for these passing the plays, well, it, has you know, because they know the TV rankings are dropping. They want these exciting games. They want these sort of last second finishes, and they've got them. Right, I'm going to whiz through these because really this has been a bumper episode, so we're gonna. I'm not going to go on too long. And plus, I need to edit this, and I want to get to bed before midnight tonight. So, um, Nathan, just chip in whenever you want, mate. Um, yep. Killian at Malloy underscore double zero. Not the first time this season where our offence has stored after a fantastic first half. To me, it's a slightly worrying sign. If you gave me five and three going into the bye week before the season started, I would have grabbed it with two hands, a chance to get health and rejuvenate in the bye week. Agreed. Sean Watterson at Ginger Prince. Um, get Solid handle. Getting back ASAP, he could bring late... And this is regarding Hugh Jackson, right? Getting back ASAP, he could bring on laser, give the whole offense a kick up the arse, and maybe get some productivity out of Ross. I think I think Hugh will be back at some point. Do you really? I do. I think, because apparently his lock is still there in the coach's locker room. Um I think he'll be back as some sort of consultant for a while. Uh, he's a good coach. He's not. A, he's not a head coach. He's proved that. But he's a good. Yeah. He's a good coordinator and he's a good man-to-man manager. And to I be think. fair, like no one has won with the Browns, and there's a lot of like coaches that have gone on from that that are good coordinators. So I, I, th- I think he's probably best out of the Browns, especially with Todd Haley and yeah, yeah. Greg Williams there. Um, but yeah, I think I think I, I don't know. I think Laser's done a pretty good job actually. But, oh, he has. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, and I think, but Hugh is Marvin's man and vice versa. The question is, if and when Marvin goes next year, now Hugh's, if Hugh's going to be back in the fold. Anyway, that's that's too soon to think about that kind of thing. <laughs> Marvin Schuler at Bengals Cincy One. Tyler is right. This is an 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven team waiting to be bounced out of the first round by a better team. I'm not going to carry on, Marvin. Come on, man. We're, we're trying to be positive here. Um, I mean, you're probably right, but you know. Um, <laughs> Wee Man Syndrome at Or Cameron. It seems like uh, we have well and truly been bitten by the injury bug this year. At times, it looks like a preseason game with the amount of backups rookies on the field. Of these next men up, who do you feel is to step up the most this year? Do you think they will? CJ Uzama, if you can put him in, I think he's looked good when I think he's played. He's done well. I think he's done I really think, well. And he's to be completely honest, he's going to have the opportunity to do so. There's no one in or around him or in front of him or behind him. I mean, it's him. No. I mean, if he goes he is down, he's the tight end room at the moment. If he if he I mean, goes down, we're completely done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's like, why I think Auden Tate might be. Well, uh, yeah. Just for a bit of back and just anyway. I, again, I don't think Auden Tate is a is a is a kind of a. A world changer in terms of like, you yeah. know, game changing. Well, I do actually. I think he might be good in the red zone. I think he might have that physicality. 
but you know, let's face facts, he's a seventh round rookie. Yeah, you know? exactly. so he's and not... he's got no speed. No, exactly. Um, I personally, uh, I'm going to head back to Darius Phillips again. I think you know, with the secondary a bit decimated, with Tony McRae having his problems, yeah, and um, Darquez Denard out injured. It's good to see Darius Phillips or Darius Phillips mm. um, playing better than McRae in that slot because that's that's quite a key position. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you'd love to be able to say, you know, our third round pick Malik Jefferson would just step in, just be uh, an animal, be an animal for <laughs> a linebacker, completely dominate. But and that's not going to happen, is it? So no. you know, I think Jordan Willis needs to step up. Yeah, it's a good. Shame. I think he needs to step up because now we've lost Lawson on the off uh, the defensive line. He and he's looked good at times, but he's got to step up now. We need yeah, him to. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Matt Straussbor at Agent Graves thirteen. <laughs> now that is a solid angle. That is uh, the solidity. Uh, yes, it is. Um, <laughs> uh, with all the injuries, five and three is a blessing. Yep, and I think that's uh, we'll leave the correspondence there because that's a nice positive. Absolutely, you know this team has got deficiencies. This team has got growing pains. This team is all over the shop, really. Mm. But we are five and three, and we we've are. still got enough good players. I think we've got we've got some fantastic games coming up in the second half of the season. So we've got the Saints at home, the Browns twice, we've got Browns twice, Steelers, we've got Baltimore Ravens, away. We've got the Raiders at home, Chargers and Broncos. You know. I mean, I think Paul Dane has kind of said if we manage to beat the Browns, the Raiders, and the Broncos, Denver, yeah. that's eight wins. That's eight wins in mm. the bag, you know. And um, that's nine in the bag. Oh, is it? I beg your pardon. Mm. Is it? Yeah, five plus four. Cleveland right. twice, Denver, Oakland. Okay. Oh, you're counting like Cleveland twice, are you? Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, I reckon we're going to drop one of them. I, I think. There is a someone possibility. said someone on Twitter said today, or I think it was today, they were saying you bring Hugh Jackson back if you're going to bring him back, bring him back now, just because 25 percent of our remaining games are against the Browns, yeah, yeah, and the geezer's yeah. going to know inside out. He's just going to be like, "Well, this is what we're doing. This is the playbook. These are the calls." Yeah, like, yeah. just I know that's a bit like ridiculous and unethical, but you're playing them twice. You, you know, two wins are absolutely invaluable in the NFL. Yeah, like if you're going to bring him back and you see any value in him. To get anything out of Ross or whatever, bring him back and be like, spill the beans. Mm, I don't know, absolutely. I mean, I do it. Like, if you, I know it's a bit dirty, but like, do it. It's not dirty. It's just, I mean, the fact is, he's become available. Yeah, the, the, the Browns, Browns got fault. rid of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he could yeah. tell you everything. He could tell you like what the play calls are, who they're what trying they're to do. Breakfast what, on the morning, with, and all <laughs> sorts. You know? yeah, whatever you want to know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, anyway, yeah, I'm not going to make that joke, but. Um, so, yeah, this this really has been a bumper one, an unexpectedly bumper episode. And thanks for sticking with with us. I mean, we had to go through the whole team there, I think, with a with a fine-tooth comb. Um, let us know what you think. Get us, get, what are your half-season grades? Get in touch with us at, uh, at whoday underscore UK on Twitter or Bengals UK on Facebook. And uh, thanks to Dan Horde, who was amazing. Fantastic guest. Uh, thanks to Nathan, back in the sewing room now. We'll be we'll good be, to be back. Unbelievable. We'll be, we'll be back here. Actually, I'm away in November, but we'll talk about that at a different point. <laughs> um, we do have another announcement. Um, again, the meetup in London was fantastic fun. So thanks so much to everyone who, I mean, took the time, who paid the money, who you know, who came down. I hope you really enjoyed it. I think we had a great time. Fantastic. Um, 
we're going to have another one because obviously you know it's it, the season is actually quite short, isn't it? Between yeah. September and January, what's that? September, October, November, three or four months, right? Four months, and then hopefully it'll go on throughout January, but certainly four months yeah. uh, to squeeze in one or two meters because we, we recognise that not everyone's going to be able to afford to to go up and down the country like three, four times a year. It's ridiculous. Um, but we are going to have a meet. We've just had a really fantastic one in London. We're going to have one in Sheffield on uh, Sunday, the 25th of November, where we're going to be showing the Bengals versus the Browns live uh, at the Red Deer Pub, uh, as I say, in Sheffield. It'll probably kick off from about half four until about half eight. I'm not quite sure what the timings are actually, so I put half four to half eight. Um, It'll have to go until eight and nine, six till nine game, isn't it? Yeah, because like they've got they've got their sort of clocks going back. At some yeah, point. it goes back. It's only one week. The games at five, so right? From okay. next, so it'll probably be from half five to half nine. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so yeah, but you know, regular game time. That's what yes, I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Regular game time. Um, the posters will be out tomorrow. Um, but yeah, please do come along if you're in the area, if you're in Manchester, Leeds, Sheffield, Nottingham, all around that area. Um, you know, it's so, I can't, well, I was going to say, I can't repeat it, but I will. They're so much fun. Yeah, they really are. Really good laugh. Everyone's having a drink, watching the best. I love it when they're watching the game. I mean, it's yeah. so good to be around a, a group of lads that, you know, all support the and same lasses. team as you. And lasses, yeah, lads and lasses. And that was what was great as well, is there's a good mix of people. And yeah. everyone gets along. It's a good laugh. The beers are flowing. Bengals are playing. Like, you know, brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah, we're going to do that one. And as I say, you know, if the Bengals get through to the playoffs, um, we will probably do something in January as well. But yeah. in the meantime, I think we've spoken enough tonight. Thanks so much for listening. It's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.